0: All right, guys, I guess we're just going to have to record right into this app because during my break time, I recorded about 62 minutes on this topic of the summer solstice and It looks like 49 minutes of it saved and none of those minutes are uploading to this app and so I don't know where I went wrong or what happened but um it's a little more fresh now I'll probably be a little more clear now anyways because the other one I didn't even start till about nine and a half minutes in um so let's do this Um, and I'm noticing I didn't even post in the month of May. Wow. Um, and I think it looks like I have like four other episodes I didn't post during April. I don't know if it's because I was, uh, waiting. And that might have been what it was. I mean, the month of May was super busy for me. So has June been. But, um, yeah, April was a long time ago um so let's get into this so summer solstice is technically the day when the sun is out the longest in the year um and you know a lot of times on here we talk about um We talk about, you know, like cultural things, you know, specifically, I get so super interested in like Jewish culture, uh, Jewish traditions um, and culture related to Christian culture and pagan culture related to Christian culture or Christian culture related to pagan culture, whichever one you really want to say. I'm not so well versed in paganism. I only am because I know the origins of some of the Christian holidays that come from paganism. Um, Like the historical pieces to them, but they've kind of got like a Christian spin on it. Uh, But okay, so a lot of times we notice that, you know, whenever there are certain cycles, like Um, we have the winter solstice in these, in, is January or December? We have the winter solstice. And, you know, Christmas is technically near that time. Um, Hanukkah tends to be also near that time, but it's not exactly on the same day. Um, so the Jewish calendar follows lunar cycles. The, um christian calendar follows the same as the pagan calendar which is um the sun so i got to thinking about it i don't know where this thought came from but i was like you know yeah it's the first day of summer it's the summer solstice and i'm like wait but what is you know a jewish holiday associated with this with this day you know um or is there like a christian holiday and there's no christian holiday and there's also no jewish holiday and that got me thinking i was like that's interesting because you know we have i mean these aren't equivalents right so if i say like passover easter um you know these are not equivalent holidays but you know um there are some overlapping themes and ideas somewhat, you know. Um, So we start with those types of ideas. That's kind of where my mind was going today. And then I looked up this topic and I was like, why isn't there, you know, a holiday associated with the summer solstice? Um, and I come across this passage from, it was, it was uh, noted down in Accidental Talmudist website, accidentaltalmudist.org, um, and I can read that passage, so it comes from the Talmud, um, so the Talmud, also called Gemara, now I'm not, Sure, if Gamara is basically another form of Talmud um like primarily Talmud, but something in addition uh the reason why I say that so let me see i could i can let me just google these things before I start getting myself even more confused so um. So if I look up Talmud versus Gemara, what's the difference? Um, uh, it says both of these synonyms are derived from the words "study" or "learning." Talmud is Hebrew, whereas Gemara, in the present tense, is only is found only in Aramaic dialect of the Babylonian Talmud. Um, the Talmud is composed in a mixture of Hebrew and Aramaic and it says that the latter was spoken the spoken vernacular of Babylonian Jews so Gemara and Talmud are the same thing Um, the reason why I was confused by this is because you know there's a Torah, which is the first five books of the Bible, and then there's a Hamish, and a Hamish is basically the Torah portions for the year. Um, you know, so starting with the Jewish New Year, or near the newest Jew year, the newest Jew year, the Jewish New Year, um, the uh, um, the Parsha readings start over in Genesis. And there's a portion for every week that's divided up into portions for every day. They're not equivalent in length. Um, and then there's also like the the, uh, the Haftar portions that are read. Um, that are other portions from other places in the Old Testament. Um, so the Chumash has whichever passages you'd be reading for whatever day um, during that week period of time. Um, and it just goes from start to finish in the Torah. And then there's other texts that are through other parts of the Old Testament, but it's not the whole rest of the Old Testament. It's just parts of it. And I think Chumash also has... Psalms, some of Psalms in there, and uh, it also has well, basically, yeah, it has the commentary and the Torah. When you just buy a Torah, it's not you know, it doesn't have anything but just the words of the Bible. Um, there's no commentary in it, and it's not divided up like for what partial readings and all that kind of stuff. Um, I mean, it's still, you could still read the partial readings through that, but you need other parts of the Old Testament too, and then the Tanakh is basically like the Torah, the Prophets, and the Writings, it's the whole Old Testament, um, so you could technically do the weekly Parsha through that too, but you don't have the commentary, um, And so I wasn't sure when I kept hearing the words Talmud and Gemara, I was like, I don't know the difference. Um, Because I know the Talmud page has um, other scholars writing in. So there's, like, the text and then there's, like, commentary around it. Um, And so, okay. Okay. And I think it takes, I can't remember how many years to get through the entire uh, volumes of Talmud. And so let me see. I don't follow a lot of Talmudic teachings as far as like um, studying them too much. It's something I newly got into during this year. Just out of an interest and just I like the way it feels to study things that are super complex you know especially if it's like first thing in the morning and I'm like totally in my head about some kind of nonsense you know if I turn on some you know teaching of some person that's speaking in like Yiddish and Hebrew and English and Aramaic and I'm just like trying to like pick up what I can as far as like the meanings of things I'm, I'm usually gonna you know get more out of that than I will, you know, any kind of like anxious thinking or any kind of like stress or anything like just waking up in the morning. I'd rather just listen to that kind of stuff or even more so than listening to the news or finance news or anything like that. Like I, I notice, you know, I, I feel a little bit different when I'm, you know, thinking about like the crappy economy and all that kind of stuff. Um, first thing in the morning. It's like I wake up and I'm like, YouTube, like crappy economy you know, videos. It's like nah. So I, a lot more, you know, I found it more beneficial to to tune into the 8 Minute Doff. Um, they've been on Ve- Yo, is it, I always forget if it's Yavamos or Vayamos. I think it's Vayamos. Um, so basically they're saying that There's no summer solstice holiday um, in Judaism, but there is a a text in the Talmud that has a passage um, about the summer solstice, um, and that comes from Chagiga in the Talmud, um, Chagiga 14b, that's the section where it is the book in the section um and so i'll read that the english version of it it says yehoshua was walking sorry let me start over rabbi you yehoshua was walking oh along sorry i can't i can't read properly right now i'm tired i'm like (laughs) way more tired than i should be with doing something like this. Rabbi Yehoshua was walking along the way with Rabbi Yosei the Kohen. They said, we too shall expound the design of the divine chariot. In brackets it says, matters of Jewish mysticism. Rabbi Yehoshua began expounding, and that was the day of the summer solstice when there are no clouds in the sky. Yet the heavens became filled with clouds and there was the appearance of a kind of rainbow in a cloud and ministering angels gathered and came to listen. Like people gathering and coming to see the rejoicing of a bridegroom and a bride or and bride. Um. So there's a lot to unpack there. Um, so what I did in the previous recording is I went through kind of this part of the passage that talked about, it mentioned the summer solstice, like right in the middle it mentions, and that was the day of the summer solstice when there are no clouds in the sky. it's kind of funny because it's not a cloudy day over here. Um, I'm in LA and usually we you know, we have what's called May Gray and June Gloom. It's like the weather technically in a lot of places in the U.S. gets like really hot. But then we're like protected by this, you know, marine layer. It's just like a constant, you know, cloud. Like we have multiple, multiple cloudy days. And then very recently, the cloud, the cloudy days started kind of clearing up a little bit. We had a pretty warm weekend, uh, Juneteenth weekend. And then... <clears throat> All of a sudden, you know, when I was looking at this passage earlier today and I was like, oh, we really haven't had a cloudy day. Um, And today and yesterday, I woke up near 630 or so, maybe a little before 630 today. But I think yesterday near 630 a.m. And it was just sunny. Like the sun was like in my eyes you know, we have, like, Venetian blinds, they're, like, old, those old, like, aluminum Venetian blinds, um, that I've had since we moved to this house, like, during my high school years or something, I've had the same original blinds, they're crappy, but, like, you know, I, I like them because I like to just kind of open the window, and just, like, you know, it lets the air in nicely, and you still get, like, privacy, you can kind of, like, put the, you know you can kind of shut the blinds a little bit and then you know you don't have like curtains like blowing all over like if it's really really windy it'll blow in the wind like right now it's blowing in the wind but I like it because on my screen too I just noticed my screen has a big like tear in it and I don't like bugs getting in or anything like we don't really have bugs like that out here but um you know uh I don't know how it got cut uh, I don't remember it being cut at all. Like There's a spot that I did cut before, but anyways. Um, yeah, it's sunny today where I am and hot. <laughs> um, I joke with my friends and I'm like, it's a clothing optional day. Like, I mean, if I'm at home, honestly, it can be. Um, so Looking at this passage, there's a lot going on here. Um, At first glance, it's already got a lot of weird stuff going on. Um, My gosh. If it's not the planes, if it's not the helicopters, it's going to be the ambulances or the motorcycles or the street racers. Um, So, yeah, okay. So... I don't know who Rabbi Yehoshua is. I don't know who Rabbi Yose is. It says Yose the Cohen. Um so when you see Cohen, um even the name nowadays is still a common last name, Kohen, Cohen C O H E N. Here they spell Ko K O H E N. Um sometimes it's like Kohane, like there's different kind of like variations of it. But, um, usually that means priest to some extent. I mean, I don't, I don't know the details. I'm blanking right now because I wasn't very good at like keeping up with Leviticus, um, or Exodus. So I kind of missed out a lot this year on, you know, a lot of those explanations about like all the priestly things going on. I, somewhere near Caesar, like after Caesar Chavez day. I started getting, like, real, you know, somewhere into April, actually, I was just getting really, like, off track with that kind of stuff, um, so I got out of studying it for a little bit, but, um, yeah, I'm kind of here and there with, with things, um, so when they talk about, I mean, I don't, this is gonna be so hard to re-explain, and I don't even know if I was right the first time, honestly, so, Look up everything I say because I, you know, I'm going based on memory of things that I have not even been actively studying on a regular basis very, very recently. I'm going based on stuff I studied in, like, high school and, like, um, and like early college days. And for fun, it wasn't even, like, through a class or a professional or through a rabbi or anything. It's, like, self-taught stuff that later on was like during my early grad school years I kind of talked more about it with an actual rabbi but I um and like I was like very involved with this uh with this congregation for at least a year um I don't remember exactly how long um so when it talks about design of the divine chariot you're going to see this a lot design of the des- of the divine chariot Um, and when it says matters of Jewish mysticism, um, so there's Kabbalah, there's this book called the Zohar, um, and then I'm not going to really repeat pretty much what I was saying about that book or Kabbalah, but basically, um, according to what I've learned, there are, um... When it talks about divine chariot, that's a that's a. According to a book I read, there are people who practice Kabbalah, and they're able to do these like meditations. Um, Kabbalah being a a, a a form of Jewish mysticism, and they're able to do these um, meditations or some type of spiritual activity where they um start visualizing or you know having this awareness of or connection to um this chariot with like fiery wheels and usually with that there's going to be like angels too like i think that there's like different levels so you kind of break through different levels of this meditative state and one of them is this chariot and um with the chariot also like you kind of it's something that's like you don't really hear about it like in the bible much like stuff like that you don't really hear about um but it does come up like when you when you think about like when you start like looking into other historical things like this um you start seeing other things in the bible that's like oh, like from my Christian lens, this makes no sense. You know, I don't remember if it was Elijah or Elisha or somebody who got taken up in a in a chariot of fire, right? Chariot of fire. Um, and, you know, when I was going to like what's called Sabbath school classes, because we didn't go to church on Sundays, um, what's called Sabbath school classes, it's, it's similar to, it's similar to what other types of Protestant Christians would call Sunday school, and, you know, you would learn, and, you know, you would learn throughout the week, too, you'd have, like, studies throughout the week at different pastors or assistant pastors' houses, um, and you would basically, um, you know, study that way, um, you know, the, the religion I was from was, like, very studious, you know, there was a lot of learning going on, um, you know, you're educated in the school system, some people up through college, university, you can become a doctor, things like that, all from kindergarten, all through, you know, your whole career, you can work for, you know, that religion's, um, you know, that denominations, um, hospitals, schools, like, you can be very involved, um, they, they have a lot of, uh, emphasis on, like, education and health, um, medicine, kind of expanding into medical fields and stuff like that, so (laughs) this divine chariot is already an idea that, you know, when I was learning, In Christian schools and everything, they just talk about it like literally not. Well, actually, I don't think in the Bible the terminology is divine chariot. I think it's translated into chariot of fire. Now, I haven't looked up this term from the Talmud versus the term in the Bible. So they might not be talking about the same thing, but that's the only other place I've heard it. Um, where in Christianity it comes up and in Christianity, a lot of times they teach that it was literally a chariot of fire. Now, when we go outside of this chariot of fire, um, you know, you start seeing other explanations of things, um, you know, that you see in common day explanations, More modern day explanations. Um, I'm not saying that the modern day explanations are more or less correct. I don't really know. I'm just saying. um, We've talked about before. You know people. Do things you know they say things based on their own lens. Of what they know. So when Rabbi Yehoshua was talking about this design of the divine chariot, this was on the summer, the day of the summer solstice. It doesn't say the year or anything. Um, But it also says that that day and that time when this rabbi was expounding on this um, the heavens became filled with clouds, and there was the the appearance of a kind of a rainbow in the cloud um so the weather changed unexpectedly. There was a rainbow or a kind of rainbow. I don't know what the difference is if it was a type of if there are different types of rainbows, I don't really know if there are. Um, but if there are different types of rainbows or if there's something similar to a rainbow and they were saying that this is a kind of rainbow in a cloud, like, was it an actual rainbow or was it something else? And it says, um, and there was the presence of a, sorry, I read that already. And it says, and ministering angels gathered and came to listen. Um, so that that to me was something that that stuck out as something also a little interesting cuz when i hear ministering i assume you know they're teaching they're talking they're singing they're doing something verbally um or witnessing i don't know if witnessing and ministering are the same exact thing cuz witnessing you know you can just look and view and not have to really say anything um, so I'm not sure if that's if if I'm just looking too much into certain words and it's really not important or if it is important. Um, but it says they gathered and came to listen. So this is what happened when this rabbi decided that he was going to expound the design of the divine chariot. So that is a passage talking about the summer solstice or when the summer solstice was actually mentioned. It didn't really say anything about the summer solstice other than the fact that usually there's no clouds, right? It's clear and it's the brightest day, um, the the longest day, daytime hours of the year. Um, And so... Um, it's interesting that you know they say that there are no clouds in the sky, but then there were clouds in the sky this day, and there was also a rainbow or kind of a rainbow in angels. So sometimes, you know, in modern days, common time, we hear, um, when people talk about like this chariot of fire type of idea um that the chariot of fire is actually a ufo a spaceship a flying saucer um it, are they called uaps now i don't i don't know um i don't know i mean i'm not even going to say yes or no cuz i don't really know the answer to any of that um but that was just a piece taken out of this other whole entire passage called Chagiga, Chagiga 14b, Um, and it goes on, I mean, I read a little bit more, and then I got so confused um, that I just couldn't comfortably continue what I was reading, because I just, it just got real... I stopped at a part where there were, there was fire around, around the trees, um, that came down from, a fire came down from heaven, surrounded the trees, and the trees were, like, having the song, they were singing in some way or another, and when you think of it, and you try to, like, think about what this actually would mean, because sometimes, like, you know, like we mentioned, sometimes it's possible that, you know, they weren't, literally seeing these things like maybe it was something else that this is how they were describing it so maybe it wasn't fire maybe it was something else um and then you know the field that got burned around where the trees were um who knows what that was and why the trees were singing who knows what that was um maybe it was some kind of Beam of some form, you know, coming down from some kind of spaceship or something, you know, blasting a, a a circle in this area around the the trees in this kind of like shape or so, and then the trees were singing. Maybe it was some kind of craft landing. maybe it wasn't visible and there was fire involved because it singed or burned the land and there's some sound associated with this maybe it wasn't aliens at all i wouldn't know i wasn't there i really just don't know um so if you look at all of kagiga 14b uh, that was just a piece right um of the part that talked about the the summer solstice but to look at the whole thing it's a lot so i'll see how far i get um it has i'm on the on the khabad.org website khabad.org it says um study talmud and then this is the directory on here study talmud then you go to talmud bavli which is this type of a talmud there's there's another type of a talmud Um, Chagiga and then chapter 2. And then Chagiga 14B. And the previous, it has 14A. And the next upcoming, it has 15A. So this is 14B. It has English. You have an option. You can toggle between English, both, and Hebrew only. So English only, um, Hebrew only, and both. I like to look at both. The only thing I don't like about both is that it makes it so I'm reading a column on the left side that is um, it is um, very narrow. And it's like three to five words wide. So it's kind of hard to read like that for me. Um, but let me jump into it. It says, this case was referring to words of Torah, While that case is referring to commerce. With regard to words of Torah, they were trustworthy. With regard to commerce, they were not. Now, I don't know what happened before this. Um, I mean, I don't want to... Now, if I go back, like, I don't want to go back because I'm trying to, like, read this. But it looks like before, like, in Hagigah 4, 14A, um, it's basically, there's a question that comes up, um, 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 something about a healer. Um I'm I'm not going to read it because it's so much like if I go back to 14A then I'm never going to get to 14B like it's so long like these passages are so super lengthy but basically 14B starts talking about this end of whatever that topic was um on the other previous section that i don't really know it it sounds like something different and then it goes on to say the gemara which is also talmud the gemara returns to the topic of the divine sorry i don't know why i messed that up so much when i'm saying it and i actually recorded earlier like i said and i i was screwing it up then too I'm just maybe really tired today. Um, And a little stone, too. That's probably what it is. Um, the The Gemara returns to the topic of the design of the Divine Chariot. It says, The sages taught an incident occurred involving Rabban Yohanan ben Zakai, who was riding on a donkey and was traveling along the way, and his student, Rabbi Eleazar ben Arak, was riding a donkey behind him. Rabbi Eleazar said to him, my teacher, teach me one chapter in the design of the divine chariot. He said to him, have I not taught you? And this is what he's saying. Have I not taught you? And one may not expound the design of the divine chariot to an individual unless he is a sage who understands on his own accord. Rabbi Eliezer said to him, my teacher, allow me to say before you one thing that you taught me. In other words, he humbly requested to recite before him his own understanding of the issue. So this is the rabbi talking, the teacher talking. He says, he said to him, speak. And then this is the student again. The, what happens when he when the when the teacher said speak? It says immediately Rabban Yohanan ben Zakkai alighted from the donkey and wrapped his head in his cloak in a manner of reverence and sat on a stone under an olive tree. Rabbi Elazar said to him My teacher for what reason did you alight from the donkey he said is it possible that while you are expounding the design um sorry the design of the divine chariot and the divine presence is with us and the ministering angels are accompanying us that I should ride on a donkey. Immediately, Rabbi Eliezer ben Arach began to discuss the design, of the design the design of the divine chariot and expounded, and fire came from heaven and encircled all the trees in the field and all the trees began reciting song. So that's where I ended before. It just gets it yeah, let's keep going. So what song did they recite? Praise the Lord from the earth. Sea monsters in all depths, fruit trees and all cedars. Praise the Lord. That's from Psalms 148 verses 7 to 14 it says that's the song that the trees were reciting and that comes from the book of psalms um i don't even know okay so it says then an angel responded from the fire saying this is a this is the very design of the divine chariot just as you expounded. Rabban Yohanan ben Zakkai stood and kissed Rabbi Elazar ben Arak on his head and said blessed be he blessed be God. Lord of Israel, who gave our father Abraham a son like you, who now knows how to understand, who knows how to understand, investigate and expound the design of the divine chariot. There are some who expound the Torah's verses well, but do not fulfill its imperatives well. And there are some who fulfill its imperatives well, but do not expound its verses well. Whereas you expound its verses well and fulfill its imperatives well. Happy are you, our father Abraham, that Eleazar ben Arach came from your loins. Gemara relates. And when these matter, sorry. And when these matters, the story involving his colleague, Rabbi Elezer Ben-Arak, were recounted before Rabbi Yehoshua, he was walking along the way with Rabbi Yose, the priest. Um, they said, we too shall expound the design of the divine chariot. And this is the part that we read from the other passage so remember we got in that part all the way to a point where they were saying that um you know there was the rainbow and there were the angels that were ministering listening and similar to how people would come to see um the rejoicing of a bridegroom and a bride and so I don't know where they came from all of a sudden uh, um, so it sounds like there's different groups of people. There's these two people, um, the guys with the donkeys, and then there's these other two people that were these guys, uh, where one of them was a priest, um. And then it says, after that part about the summer solstice, once we pass that part, it says, Rabbi Yose the priest. So this is from the very first thing I was starting. I read about the um, summer solstice before. So it says, Rabbi Yose the priest. Remember, I was saying kohen means priest. Um, Rabbi Yose the priest went and recited these matters. Before Rabban Yohanan ben Zakkai, who said to him, "Happy are all of you, and happy are the mothers who gave birth to you. Happy are my eyes that saw this student such as these. As for you and I, I saw my dream. Sorry, I saw in my dream that we were seated at Mount Sinai, and a divine voice came." to us from heaven, ascend here, ascend here for large halls, uh, the word teroclin, for large halls and pleasant couches are made uh, for you, you your students and your students of your students are invited to the third group those who will merit to welcome the Divine Presence. I don't think I'm really getting anywhere with this, but um, I find it interesting. I find the alien theories always to be kind of interesting. Um, and so taking, you know, um, a possible consideration of what... All this could mean there's something supernatural happening here. Clearly, Um, it's not something that man was doing. Um, There were other beings from somewhere. There was stuff coming from the sky for some reason. There were phenomena happening that, you know, such as fire, you know, burning Um, that's coming from the sky, and then there's, you know, angels, and singing trees, reciting parts of psalms. Um, why were they doing that? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what any of this is. Um, but if it was actually aliens, um... uh I don't really know what what people would say i mean i I kinda need to what i wanna do is listen to like a rabbi speech about this kind of stuff um and see kinda I mean, even though I didn't finish the whole passage because it's super lengthy and starts going into some other place that like I don't even I'm already lost as it is with these four guys Um, and and the whole story as it is. And why it happened on the summer solstice, was that any kind of uh, significance? Um, Why it even happened in the first place? Um, What were these kind of things that were going on? Um, how did it happen? Why did it happen? It sounds like there were multiple people at one point witnessing this, um, because it says that people gathered around and if there were angels ministering and viewing, um, the situation as well, um, while this guy was expounding the divine presence, no, The divine chariot. Sorry, that's a different thing. Uh, why this while this guy was expounding the divine um chariot, that angels came to even like be a part of that, you know, hearing about it. Um, and so it's like there were angels and people in the same place and i know a lot of the time when we when we're taught in like christian tradition about angels and i don't know where this teaching comes from if it's from the media or what that like it shows like the wings but it always shows these like people in like white glowing robes with like feet and hands and like nice beautiful wings you they usually have some kind of blonde hair Or trumpets, you know, I think Gabriel has a trumpet. Sometimes they have crowns and they're just kind of, you know, flying around with beautiful voices and things. And I don't really know, you know, what the deal is with angels. Um, You know, if you read other texts about angels... Or other beings that came from the heavens, or heaven, or whatever you want to call it. Other beings that were not originally, or did not originate on earth. Um, you know, in the Bible they have the Nephilim, and it, the Book of Enoch expands on the Nephilim. And I think there's something about a chariot of fire in there too, in the Book of Enoch. I think, um, I think so. Um, but I don't know, but there's so much stuff that's just so mysterious and there's so much depth to it. And it's like, you know, it it can be a little bit exhausting, uh, but in a good way. It's like sometimes, you know, when I'm exhausted about other stuff, I'd rather be just like thinking about these kind of things. Um, and what's the significance of this stuff? What's the significance and the importance that people have been passing it down I mean, I kind of like the idea more so that this stuff is still happening, that, you you know, people are sighting, you know, things in the sky and beings from other places. Um, I like the idea that these aren't isolated incidents of something that used to happen in the past and never happens now. Um, I mean, I don't I mean, I don't know. Aliens versus angels um, versus like Satan's, you know, or, you know, there's this whole theory too about Lucifer being an angel that, um, I mean, in Christian tradition, Lucifer comes to earth as the serpent in the garden of Eden. I don't know if that's what Jewish tradition believes. I don't know if Jewish tradition, focuses at all on Lucifer. I don't know if Lucifer was ever in heaven before, you know, humans were created. Um, It sounds like, you know, what what I was taught, and I don't know if this is all Christians or just my denomination I was raised in, that Lucifer was a um, was a he was a He was an angel, um, and he was a, um, he was jealous of Jesus, who was referred to as Michael, um, now other denominations believe different things about either, about either Lucifer or about was he in heaven, um, as like God's left-hand man when Jesus was God's right hand, um, and he, and that Lucifer was jealous of Jesus who was Michael and G, Lucifer got jealous and rebelled and took angels who were considered fallen angels, took angels from heaven with him down to earth and those angels are what we refer to as demons um this doesn't sound like doesn't it sounds like there's a lot of room for error in a lot of this um so yeah that's like pre-creation um, that was going on and then when earth was formed God allowed Satan to come down in the form of a serpent in the Garden of Eden Um. so I don't even know why I was mentioning all this Um. let me see I was talking about the chariot topics, um, I was talking about, um, heaven, the book of Enoch, oh yeah, and then the Nephilim and angels, um, and so yeah, that the, that the, the Nephilim were actually what these people, what these beings were that came down and mated with human females and made... Actually, no, sorry, I'm wrong. I'm wrong, I'm wrong, I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'm wrong, scratch that. So these, there were beings that came down from heaven that mated with the human females and created what's called the Nephilim, um, which, you know, some translations in the Bible say um, there were giants in the land. Um, And then the Book of Enoch talks more about these people. Now, if you watch, I mean, this is Hollywood stuff, guys. So, you know, take things with a grain of salt. I mean, I don't even know what I'm even saying. I'm just trying to connect dots here and there. Are they even connected? I don't even know. Um, Because, I mean, like, you know, even the concept of Lucifer is even a shaky one. So it's like, if there was no Lucifer... I mean, I don't even know what to even do with that, but I mean, if there's no Lucifer or if Lucifer and Satan and this serpent were not all the same connected thing, um, and, you know, if Lucifer wasn't Satan who rebelled in heaven against God, and if these Nephilim didn't come from these fallen angels, um, of, like, Lucifer's angel posse or whatever you want to call it, um... If they didn't come from that, then I don't even know, you know, this is like foundation. This is like before earth. And so it's like, you know, because, you know, there is, there are theories out there that people kind of tampered with this idea of Lucifer to be controlling and create this whole storyline of like Lucifer and Satan and hell and all this kind of stuff to scare people into, you know, doing what kings wanted, doing what rulers wanted, doing what the church wanted, which were leaders and people who could read and interpret all these scriptures and other people weren't able to really be educated to know it. Um, and there was like this hierarchy system and everything. And so, you know, for for such a long time, this has been going on That, you know, it is possible that there's a lot of, like, mistranslated and misunderstood or purposely taught different things. Um, I mean, you know, a lot of people say Christmas is Jesus' birthday, you know, and you do have to dig into Christianity to kind of learn that Christmas isn't Jesus' birthday. Um, you kind of commonly hear, okay, Christmas isn't Jesus' birthday, but then people don't usually ask, well, what is Christmas then? If it's not Jesus' birthday, then why are we even, like, doing it on that day, and why is it even celebrated, right? It's like, you would think if you have even an approximation for Jesus' birthday, wouldn't you rather put it in that month, right? But no, like, they put it at the winter solstice, um... And there are reasons for that. Like, Christmas was created. It's not an Old Testament topic. You know, ancient Jews weren't celebrating Christmas. It didn't exist. It didn't even exist when Jesus was, was born. Um, Christmas didn't exist until, um, you know, one of the Roman rulers changed it um, to coincide with the pagan holiday. Um but we're not even talking about that. I mean, that's just the type of stuff that happens in Christianity. And so it's like, okay, like, if we start looking at these other ideas about these types of angels and these types of beings. And what I was going to say is that, like, there's that movie of Noah um, where you see the Nephilim that are these, you know, rugged things. They're like, they're not human. They're definitely you know have an advancement on human beings um and it also in the bible it makes it seem like people lived longer back then like people were taller back then in general so if these giants were taller than humans you know and you know I don't even know how big the animals were but dinosaurs you know were technically gigantic and but i mean if humans were bigger too Um, I mean, I don't, I don't really know. Like, it's just a lot of things that are like, I don't even know how to connect the dots or if there are dots to connect. It's like, I feel like there's dots. I feel like you're, you're, you're like playing with like 80 different puzzles or more. And it's like, you're trying to fit Jenga into a game of chess. And when you beat the game of chess, it changes the rules into checkers, but you're playing Jenga, you're playing checkers with like, Jenga, you know, a Jenga tower for each, you know, part, and, and, you know, you're playing Jenga at the same time as you're playing checkers, as you're playing chess, you know, and, you know, at the same time, you're mixing this all into some complex, like, modern day video game. It's like, you know, like a, like an RPG or something. Um. I, that's kind of how it feels when I read this stuff. It's just like, what? Like. I'm reading one thing and it's like it delves into this other topic that it's like we don't even know if this is translated accurately and then we see over here that this tradition changed that and then that tradition was changed over here but we don't really believe this even though we practice it all the time and then we go over here and it's like okay now there's this other thing that we can't explain but we still do and then there's this other thing that the Jewish people don't do but we say that you know um it's biblical And the Jewish people do it different than the Christian people do it. And it's like, what the heck is happening here? Um, I always ask myself at the end of the day, you know, um, um, well, not at the end of the day, but I'm just saying when I'm thinking like this, I tend to ask myself, you know, the main focus that I'm usually trying to study on is, you know, I like the topic of Jesus and so the interesting thing about studying about Jesus is that you know it's hard to study, you know, a rabbi's life um it's hard to study Jesus's life um as Jesus being a Jew but he wasn't really is I don't know I I read a lot of like gender theories but would you say that there's such thing as a non-conforming person of a religion? So, like, Jesus was, like, a non-conforming Jew? Does that work? Um. And then, you know, because if you think about it, John the Baptist was Jewish. And he had his own way of life. And he was eating locusts and honey and wearing camel, camel hair, tunic, or whatever. And he was preaching in the wilderness and baptizing people in natural water and I think I talked about this before from that Bruce Chilton Rabbi Jesus book how it explains like the difference between like the temples the temple system that where you could go in and you could um, get um, you know what's called what's still called now amikvah um, that's where baptism came from um, so Christians get baptized and Jews do a baptism, but it's different. Like for Christians, it's more like a rite of passage. For Jews, it's like a ritual cleansing on, you know, like a monthly cycle or weekly or, you know, it, it's more frequent um, form of cleansing. It's not just like you do it once to say that you're baptized, but then... Um, in the Bible with baptism, Jesus was baptized once, you know, it shows him only once getting baptized. Um, it doesn't say that he was always doing it, but if he was, I don't know, we don't really know. All we really know is what the words actually say in there and we can speculate as much as we want, but, um, I got 10 more seconds. I hope this was helpful for a summer solstice. Happy summer solstice 2022 guys. We'll right